Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House podcast. We are a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but it's a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then that house becomes a home. So today, we want to say welcome home as we jump into today's service. house how we doing are you guys awake this morning too much uh, cold weather right wow winter showed up guys happy new year i am so excited to be here this morning i am so excited to see what god is going to do in the year 2022 are you with me on that man god did some absolutely incredible things in the year 2021 and i just I just feel in my heart that God is up to something so big and something so special. I am so excited to be a part of it. I'm so excited that you're here and that you're a part of it. Listen, I'm going to just hit a few of these announcements. I know you just watched them, but sometimes we don't really pay attention to the announcement videos, right? No, not you guys. It's the other people who aren't here today. Starting tomorrow night, we're going to do 21 days of prayer every single night between 7 and 8. I promise we're going to be done by 8. I'm not going to keep you here all night. But, guys, this is going to be an incredible time. We're going to, we're going to worship together. We're going to have an encouraging word. We're going to pray as individuals. We're going to pray corporately. I don't know about you this morning, but I believe that prayer changes things. I'm going to ask each of you before you leave today to grab a Connect card and write a prayer request on the back of that Connect card. We're going to be praying over those requests for the next 21 days. And I also want to challenge each of you, fast something for the next 21 days. Something. Between you and the Lord, do something different. Get out of the ordinary. Seek God in an intentional kind of way. Fast television, fast sweets. Do a Daniel fast where you just eat vegetables and fruits. Do a reverse Daniel fast like I'm doing where all you do is eat meat and sweets. It's going to be a challenge, but I believe with God's grace, I can do it, King South. Do something. But seriously, guys, join us as many times as you possibly can these next 21 days. I believe God is going to do something so special. Starting next Monday, not not tomorrow, but next Monday, we're starting our Read It Through in 22 campaign. Where we're going to, as a church, we're going to use the YouVersion Bible app. We're going to read the one-year Bible. We're going to do it together, each of us every day on the same scriptures. And you don't have to do it alone on your Church Center app. You can join a group There's seven or eight different groups that you can join, and as you're reading through there, you get to Leviticus, and you think, like, what in the world is that scripture talking about? You ask, and someone can say, like, hey, this is what that scripture means. It's just, it's a way for us to come together, to learn together, to grow together, because that's what this year is going to be all about, grow. Amen? Guys, I'm so blessed to have you here today. We are kicking off a brand new series for the next four weeks. It's called The Blessed Life. If you've never read this book or you've never seen these sermons before, I have a whole mess of books out at KH Central. I would encourage you so much to stop by and get one of these books. There is no better teaching on a heart of giving and finance than the blessed life. And I just felt like I felt all the air get sucked out of the room just then when I said giving. 
and finance. Like, Pastor Mark, is that really what you're teaching about for the next four weeks? Like, yes, it is. I had dinner with somebody the other night, and they, he said, Pastor Mark, what are you preaching about in January? I said, oh, man, we're doing four weeks of, of the Blessed Life series. It is so good. He's like, what is that about? He's like, oh, it's, you know, it's, a, it's about money, and it's about giving. He says, well, you're teaching about money for four weeks in a row? I said, well, it's a little bigger than that, but yeah. He goes, <sighs> and I know that that might be a, a common sentiment around the church because it's so cliche, like all the church does is, is want my money. And, and don't worry, I'm not going to tell you who that individual was, okay? GW, your secret is safe with me. I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Listen, I, I, I want to make it so clear, if there's anything I've learned the past three years, and I've learned a lot, but if there's anything I've learned the past three years is that God loves the king's house. God uh, has a plan for the king's house, and God is going to provide for the king's house, man. Let me, I have learned that in a big way. Think of where we were three years ago and think of what God has done. So I, I want to be so clear to you this morning. This series is not a plea for money in any way, shape, or form. This is not, at no point in this series am I going to ask you for money. I, I, I'm giving you my word today. That, that is not what this is about. These are principles that can change your life. It's called the blessed life. It's not called the blessed pocketbook. It's so much bigger than money. If you take these principles and apply them, they can change your marriage. They can change your family. They can change your future. God wants to bless your life. Listen, I've come to the realization that I am doing you a massive, huge disservice. I am not being a good pastor. I am not being a good leader if I don't teach you these principles that can change your life. Listen, I know we like to have a lot of fun here, and we're very evangelistic, and I love to encourage, and I love to inspire, and I love to do all those things. And we're gonna, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to do those things, I promise, I promise. We're going to reach so many people in 2022, King's House, it's going to be crazy, man. I'm telling you, new ministries launching today, Kid Haven opens today. Are you excited for that, King's House? Man, we're going we're gonna to do all these things. But I have to teach you these principles because I have to stand before God. Oh, and I have, I have plenty to answer for, okay, I promise. So I, I want to start today uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. Matthew 7, verse 1 and 2. I just ask you to just open up your heart today, King's House, and just really hear the heart behind these, these passages and what God wants to say to you today. Matthew 7, 1 says this, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. For with what judgment you judged, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. The, the main context for this passage is judgment. I want to focus in on that first sentence and that last sentence. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Say that with me this morning, King's House. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Let's look at that last verse. And with the measure you use, it will be measured Back to you. Now I want to look at Luke chapter 6. And again, I want to look at this first verse in the very last sentence. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Look at that last sentence. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Does this sound familiar? This is the parallel verse from Matthew chapter 7 here in Luke chapter 6. But Luke chapter 6 gives us a little bit more meat here in the middle. Let's dive into what this verse says. Condemn not, 
and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over, will it be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. King's house, I want you to analyze this verse so closely, and I want to point out something to you this morning. The word money is nowhere in that passage. And this is a passage, Luke 6, that, that we see so often that preachers use to preach about money. But the word money is nowhere in this verse. But for whatever reason, when we hear the word give instantly, what's the first thing we think about? Money, give, money, give. It's ingrained in our brains. Somebody asked Pastor Robert one day, how often do you preach about giving? And Pastor Robert answered him, he said, oh, I preach about giving every single Sunday. And the guy says, you preach about giving every Sunday? Like, are you kidding me? He goes, oh, I, I think you're confused. I think what you meant to ask me was, how often do I preach about money? I preach about money about once every three years. But it's impossible to preach about grace without preaching about giving. Because God so loved that he... It's impossible to preach about marriage unless I preach about giving. Because unless you have two people who are willing to give to each other, that marriage will never, ever work. It's impossible to preach about worship unless you preach about giving. Because if you're not giving your love and your heart and your adoration to God, you're not worshiping. Giving is the centerpiece, the glue of the gospel. But giving is not about money. Giving is all about the heart. And that's the title of this message I want to share with you today, King's House. It's all about the heart. Say it with me if you will. One, two, three. It's all about the heart. Jesus said this passage. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will will be also. I hear some of you this morning, like, here we go. That didn't take long. The church is about to ask for money. No, no, listen. The church does not want your money. But God does want your money. I'm going to say it one more time just to make sure we hear it in the back. God wants your money. Because what God is ultimately after is your heart. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but there's actually a string connected from your heart to your wallet. I've seen it a thousand times. Someone in service reach for their wallet. Uh, uh, it's, it's amazing, this imaginary string. God wants your money because he knows if he can get your wallet, then he can get your heart. Jesus said it, not Mark Hinnon. Jesus said it, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me tell you how this plays out in, in real life terms, okay? I've never been on a cruise. I would like to go on a cruise sometime. I would, right? Pastor Appreciation Month is October, so that gives you guys like 10 months to save and to plan, and I'm teasing, teasing. But let's just imagine I have $10,000 sitting over in my bank account, okay? I'm going to invest this $10,000, right? 
I'm going to buy some stock. And it just so happens I decide I'm going to buy stock in Carnival Cruise Line. That's where I'm going to put this $10,000. This During COVID, it's probably not the best time to invest in a cruise line, but this is just pretend. So I take that $10,000 and I buy Carnival Cruise Line stock. I go in, baby. Again, I know nothing about a cruise. I've never been on a cruise, but guess who's going to care a whole lot about cruises just like this? Right. I'm going to learn all about Carnival Cruise Line. I'm going to know who the CEO is. I'm going to learn about its history. I'm going to know which ports they leave, and I'm going to know which ports they visit. I know me. And about every 10 seconds throughout the day, I'm going to be looking at my phone, checking my stock, checking my stock, checking my stock. Oh, God, it went up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, it went down. I'm going to be so obsessed and care so much about Carnival Cruise Line, even though I have never, ever, ever once been on a cruise. And the same principle applies for the kingdom of God. If you want your heart to be concerned about the kingdom of God... If you want your affections to be involved in the kingdom of God, if you want to care about what the church is doing and the ministries it's launching and how you can get involved, friend, it is no secret where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you want to be engaged in the kingdom of God, you need to put your treasure in the kingdom of God. It's a principle. Are you okay this morning? Man, it's way quieter in here than it usually is. Luke chapter 6 is not talking about money. The three context points in Luke chapter 6 are judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Money is nowhere in there, but we're, God is trying to teach us the principle of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Listen, if you sow judgment, you're going to reap. If you sow forgiveness, you're going to reap forgiveness. But think about this for a second, friends. You reap more than you sow. Think about it. If I plant an apple seed, I'm not going to grow an apple seed. Right? If I plant an apple seed, I'm going to grow an apple tree. And that tree is going to have thousands of seeds. It's going to make more trees and more seeds. Whatever you sow, you reap more of. That's why the verse says, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Because you don't reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow. Friends, with that reality in mind, don't you think we need to be generous givers? of our time, of our finances, of kindness and love and compassion because we're going to reap more than we sow. We have to, as believers, develop this heart of giving and develop this heart of generosity. I want to show you four ways today that we're going to develop our hearts, four very important ways. I'm going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 15 from here on out. Starting in verse 7, read this with me. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land in which the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall not harden your heart, man, it's all about the heart, nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. If we're going to develop our heart, King's House, the first thing we have to develop is we have to deal with a selfish heart. Point number one, deal with a selfish heart. Verse 9 says this. 
Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. There's that word again, man. It's all about the heart. Saying the seventh year, the year of release is at hand. And your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you and it becomes sin among you. What the heck is this verse saying? In God's economy, back in these days, God established something called the year of jubilee or the year of release, which is what this verse is talking about. Every seven years, whatever debt you had, poof, disappeared. Who would like to re-implement that economic plan in your life today, King South? Your debt just magically disappears every seven years. Thank you, Jesus. I would max out every freaking credit card, baby. Wow. This verse is saying if your brother has need, but it's year six and a half, and you think in your heart, I can't lend to this dude because he's only got six months left. There's no way he's going to be able to pay me back in that six-month period. And after that, it's just going to disappear. I'm never going to get that back. That's the kind of selfishness God is talking about. He wants us to be generous givers. He equates that kind of selfishness to a wicked thought. Think about that for a second, King's House. This is what God's talking about. He wants us to be generous like he's generous. Let me ask you a question this morning. Why did God create giving? Yes, God created giving. I mean, it's all through the word. God created the concept of giving. Take just a second and ask yourself, why did God create giving? Think about it. Why did God create giving? Probably the answer you came up with is the same answer that most people come up with. God needs us to give because that's what funds his work. That's, that's how we reach people. That's how we do ministry. And that's a relevant point, right? I'm not going to ask a show of hands, but probably many of you, yeah, yeah, we give because it funds ministry. But let me ask you this question. Do you really think that God needs your money? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, our money, but it, it, at the flip side of the coin, like, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, the uncreated, the all-powerful, the all-knowing, the all-present creator of the universe, he needs my money. I mean, like, did the light bill get a little too high in heaven this month? Did a cold front blow through and God doesn't know if he's going to pay the gas bill? Did he run out of gold to pave the streets with? I mean, think about how illogical and irrational that is. Friends, God did not create giving for him. God created giving for us. Because giving, maybe more than any other Christian activity, gets greed and selfishness out of your heart. You want to get greed and selfishness out of your heart, develop a heart of giving. He didn't do it for him. It's about us. That's the problem with so many of the, of the teaching on giving that we have in our world today is most of the teachings sound like this. If you give this to God, you will get this. Right? If you give, you're going to get. And we're over here like, oh, I don't know about that giving so much, but I really want this and this and this. And, yeah, I'll give. Yeah, I'll give. That philosophy is actually working greed and selfishness back into 
your life. It's the opposite of what God is trying to accomplish. He's not sitting in heaven thinking like, oh, wow, this is wonderful. Look at my children. They are really grabbing onto the revelation of how they can get. Yes. That's not what he's trying to accomplish. We give so we can give. Are there blessings attached to that? 100%. But that's not what we're interested in. We give because we want to give. We have a generous heart. I need to be honest with you this morning, though, King's House. There is one area of a man's life that he is going to constantly struggle with, something that he's never going to want to give, something that he's never going to want to share. He can't help it. A man does not want to share his food. And I don't know why when God was creating woman, but in your DNA, in your psyche, you want a man's food. They want it. I don't understand why. When I go to, the, when I go to Brahms and I go through the drive-thru, right, I know what I want. I go there all the time. I order my food. The kids are in the back seat. They know what they want. I order their food. I say, sweetheart, what do you want? The first thing she does is go, well, hmm. And she stares at the menu and... Hmm, stare. I don't know what she was doing for like the three or four minutes we sat there before I ordered, but she has to wait till the last second to stare at the menu. Hmm, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Cars are lining up behind us. I'm getting anxious. My blood's starting to boil just a little bit. Are you with me this morning, fellas? And then by the end of that, she goes, well, I'll just have some of yours. <laughs> like heck you will. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I'll order you anything on that menu. I'll order you two orders of fries, but you are not eating my fries. Come on. And let's be clear, the fries that fall to the bottom of the sack, my fries. We have to deal with a selfish heart. The second thing we have to deal with, we have to deal with a grieving heart. A grieving heart. Verse 10 of, of Deuteronomy 15 says this. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, listen to this incredible promise. For this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works. This is incredible. And in all to which you put your hand, God will bless. If we will learn to give with the right heart, with the right motives, the right intentions, if we can give and not have a grieving heart, he's going to bless everything that you touch, all the works of your hands. We have to develop that heart, guys, where we can give without a grieving heart. And as I'm saying that, like, I just have this thought just rush across my mind. And you would think that after all these years, I would learn to, like, not chase rabbit trails when they, but sometimes I, and I can't even remember what the heck I was talking about because this rabbit just, <laughs> but I want to go out to eat afterwards, church today. I'm already a little hungry. I've been up for a long time. I've been drinking coffee. And I just realized I don't have any cash in my wallet. And that thought just whipped across my mind. Well, thank you so much, Junior. <laughs> My man just gave me $100. Anybody else, come now to the altar. This is your chance. Yes, come. <laughs> the reason Junior jumped up and handed me this $100 is because I gave it to him right before the service started. <laughs> Junior, are you grieving over this $100? He's not grieving at all, right? It doesn't bother him in the least. Do you want to know why? 
it wasn't his hundred dollars. It was my hundred dollars. It was. And the reason so many times we grieve after we give is because we've bought into this lie, this false mindset that that money was yours to give in the first place. But the word says that the earth and the fullness thereof belongs to the Lord. Friend, it's never your money in the first place. Anything good you have in your life came from him. We have to rid ourselves of a grieving heart. You are born with a selfish heart, but God gives you a generous heart, and that's what we need to have. The third thing we need to develop in our hearts is a generous heart. Verse 14 says this. I'm stuck. You shall supply him. What's that word? Liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press, from what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. He wants us to be generous givers. Think about it. You were born very selfish. Anybody in this room have to teach their kids how to be selfish? No, but you were born again into his image, and he is a generous Giver, you were born selfish. He wants you to be generous. The first lesson that you have to teach your kids, they're just like my kids. One of the first lessons is how to share, right? Sharing is caring. And it doesn't matter what your child's playing with. When another child comes into the room and they pick up a toy, your child drops their toy, runs across the room, steals that toy and says, I was playing with that. That toy's mine. It's mine. Mine, 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 mine. It's mine. We have to develop this generous heart. Uh, my son, Sawyer, a.k.a. Fast Snake, his, uh, his best friend in the world is uh, Josh and Amber Landry's son, Reed. Uh, they are two peas in a pod, man. It is, uh, right now it's cute, it's fun. Uh, when they're like 17 and 18, I'm not sure how cute and fun it's going to be because uh, I remember what I was like when I was 17. I literally can't imagine what Josh was like when he was 17, but we, we probably have some, some paying for a raise and coming our way. Uh, back in April in the youth turkey season, Sawyer says, uh, hey, Dad, why don't you call Josh and see if Reed wants to go turkey hunting with us? I said, man, that sounds like a fantastic idea. He goes, but, Dad, uh, I only want Reed to shoot a little one if it comes in. If a big one comes in, I, I want to be the one killing the big one. I said, Sawyer, man, that's, that's like, that's no way to be a friend. Like, that's, that's selfish. That's not generous. That's not, that's not who you are. That's not who Jesus is. I said, Sawyer, you should want Reed to kill a bigger turkey than you. You should be a, a giver. I mean, that's the kind of friend that God wants you to be. And after a, f a few minutes, he's like, yeah, yeah, Dad, you're right. Man, I I'm sorry. Reed can shoot whatever turkey comes in. I'm going to let him shoot first. And I really had this prad proud dad moment, like, man, I'm a good dad. I'm a good pastor. Like, what a win, you know, this teachable moment. And Josh and Reed come over, and we get in the truck, and we're driving to Seminole to hunt. And I hear this conversation going on behind me. And I turn around just in time to see Sawyer go, now, Reed, if the turkey has a beard that's this big, you can shoot him. But if his beard is this big, I'm going to shoot him first. <laughs> I don't really think you got the point there, Sawyer. And it's funny and it's cute when it's kids. 
But I, I, I think sometimes God in heaven looks down at us and just thinks like, man, when are we going to grow up? When are we going to mature? When are we going to learn to be generous and learn to be the type of giver that he is? Someone that just keeps on giving and keeps on giving and keeps on giving with no strings attached. Just that generous heart. That's what God wants for us to develop, a generous heart. And the fourth point in heart development is this. We need to develop a grateful heart. Verse 15 says this. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. King's House, this is a command from the Lord. It's not a suggestion. It's not something that he hopes we can do. He commands us to be generous givers. Sometimes I think we just need to press pause a little bit in life and remember that we used to be slaves. Each and every one of us, we need to press pause and remember that. I was a slave, but God redeemed me. I want you to think about your life today, King's House. I want you to think about your family, your children, your grandchildren. Listen, I know life is difficult and it's not perfect and, and terrible things happen and I get all that. But in spite of all that, every person in this room has so much more to be thankful for than you have negative things going on in your life. Think about that for a second. And I wanna ask you this question today. Is there any way possible that you can outgive God? Think about what he's done for your life, man. Is there any way that you can outgive him? I remember, I remember where I was when Jesus found me. I remember, it feels like it was yesterday. I remember how lost I was. I remember how broken I was. I remember how hopeless I was. I remember, I know who I was and I know where I came from and I remember when the love of Jesus walked into that room. I remember the feeling like it was yesterday because when he walks into the room, man, everything changes. Do I have a witness this morning, King's House? Man, and one encounter with the actual love of Jesus, not rules and regulations and religions. The first time I experienced the love of Jesus, everything in my life changed. That was 22 years ago. And every day of my life just keeps changing and keeps changing. There is nothing like the love of Jesus. I remember that. I remember. And I remember every blessing that he's given in my life. He took those dirty, filthy rags. He took that hopelessness, that, that sense of being lost. He took those things and he gave me a hope. And he gave me a future and he gave me a purpose and he gave me love and joy and peace and, and, and life more abundantly. He gave me all those things. He exchanged beauty for ashes. I remember that. So I can tell you honestly today, there is no way that I could ever outgive. There is no way possible that I could ever repay what God has done for my life. And the same could be said about each and every person that's in this room this morning. Remember 
that you were a slave. You didn't find Jesus, friends. Jesus found you. You didn't bless yourself, friends. Jesus blessed you. Anything good you have in your life today is not because of how hard you work or how smart you are or all that you did. Anything good you have in your life today is because he blessed you with it. So I tell you that today because it's not a rule. It's not a a requirement. It's not something that I'm forced to do. I want to give to Jesus because I am so in love with Jesus. I want to give to Jesus because I am so thankful for everything that he's done in my life. And I'm not talking about money. I want to give him my time. I want to give him my talents. I want to give him my treasures. I want to give Jesus my life. I want to. It's the least, the least I can do for someone that has done so much for me, man. Am I the only one in the room this morning that is so happy that Jesus found me when I was a slave, that he redeemed me, that he gave me a future and a hope and a purpose? I don't, no one forces me. Mark, you need to give. Oh, friends, I want to give it all. It's all about your heart this morning, King's House. It's all about your heart this morning. He loves you this morning. He has an incredible plan for you this morning. He does not need your money. He wants your heart. Why? Because he wants to take things from you and make your life difficult? No, 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 no. He wants us to hand over those things that we hold on to because he has something so much better that he wants to replace those things with. We gotta be willing to let go of the old in order for God to give us the new. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me this morning, King's House? I really didn't plan on doing this, but I just feel so led this morning. I just want to ask you today, maybe there's someone here that would say, Mark, I don't know that I've ever really given my heart to Jesus. You talk about this love, you talk about this forgiveness, you talk about how he changed your life and how wonderful he is. I just, I've never experienced that. But Mark, I would like to say yes to Jesus this morning. I would love to give my heart to him this morning. My my life's a little bit of a mess. I've made so many mistakes and it's so broken. Friend, let me tell you this morning, there's nothing so broken that the love of Jesus can't put back together. So with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one's looking around, I'm just going to ask you, if that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand up right now? I want to say yes to Jesus. I see that hand and I see that hand and that hand and that hand. Thank you so much. And I see that hand. Anybody else, I want to say yes to Jesus this morning. I want to give him my heart this morning. Thank you so much. You can put those hands down. King's House, would you just reach out and grab the hand of the person next to you this morning? I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Just repeat after me if you would. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. I need you to be my Savior. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe that you are the only way to heaven. From this day forward, my heart belongs to you. My life belongs to you. 
In Jesus' name, everybody said. Hey, King's House, five people just gave their hearts to the Lord this morning. Can we give God some praise? So good, man. God is so good. So good. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take just a couple minutes before you leave. The buckets are at the doors, okay? Take a couple minutes. Get a connect card from the back of these seats. Write down a prayer request. Don't put your name on it unless you just want to, but write down a prayer request. And these are things that we're going to be praying over for the next 21 days. So before you leave, grab a connect card, write a prayer request, however small, however big. Again, put your name on it or don't. We just want to come, we just want to join together with you and pray over these next 21 days. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock right here, man, we are going to pray it up. I love you, King's House. Have an amazing rest of your week. Don't forget, prayer card, put it in the buckets as you leave. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are in need of prayer or wish to speak to one of our pastors, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church forward slash giving, or by texting any dollar amount to the number 84321 and respond to the prompts sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and you want to visit us, we meet every week at 124 B. Hubert Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit with us ahead of time where you can reserve your seats, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before you arrive on the Sunday of your choosing. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church forward slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all of our latest messages. We look forward to seeing you real soon.